Summer enters the home stretch. How will it finish? This is Way Over Our Heads, Weather and Climate Podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, how you doing? I'm doing well, and I, I really want to know the answer to your question. <laughs> how will it finish? I'm not even going to be here to find it. Well, for the most part. I'd but be... you can watch from a distance. That's true. Yes. That is true. Well, it is that time of the year. I mean, it's state fair time starting this coming Thursday, and we always sort of look at state fair as kind of the beginning of the end of summer. Right. Uh, so do we have a feel for anything at this point, Kenny, well, how, how it might end? You know, I think the last time we talked, it looked like it was going to get kind of sultry and we we're going to see some of that heat that you like so much. That looks a little more subdued at this point. Uh, so the, I guess you'd think the, the final, we've got the final two weeks of August coming right now. And so in that Second to last week of August is going to be fantastic. The weather's mostly going to be nice. Uh, looks like uh, really comfortable conditions. There's kind of some iffy eh, potential for some thunderstorms maybe uh, Monday night and Tuesday. But that's not a real high chance. Best chances in the south. And then after that, we really cool off. We get a taste of fall. We might have temperatures into the possibly the frost territory in far northern Minnesota. Wow. And uh, into the, you know probably pretty likely into the 40s anyway in central Minnesota. Okay. Um, probably we'll stay in the 50s around the Twin Cities where we have that urban heating. Right. But we're going to get kind of chilly this week. And then, you know, then presumably we get into some southerly flow. So that would be as we go into the final week in August, we have better chances for warm and humid conditions. But we don't see anything scorching. It has now been since 2013 that we've had a state fair day with a high temperature of 90 degrees or higher. Okay, Not that's... done that since 2013. Wow. So, um, so that's a five-year run, 2014 through 18. Well, you know, uh, obviously we've had a warm summer, but we haven't had an overly hot summer, although temperatures have trended above average. But, yeah. but where should we be now in terms of 90-degree-plus days? Oh, there uh, wouldn't be too many left at okay. this point. I'm so glad you asked that, though. I was just thinking about that today. It has been... You know, it has been a warm summer. Now, I don't think that's what people will remember it as uh, because it hasn't been outlandishly hot. Right. But uh, statistically, you know, when you look at how it all adds up, most of Minnesota has been warmer than the recent 30-year averages um, for, you know, the majority of summer. And August looks like it's going to end that way, too. Although this final week, week and a half, uh, it could get as close to normal. But we are way behind in terms of 90s. So normally by this time of the year in southwestern Minnesota, we would have had maybe 15 days above at or above 90 degrees. Say northern Minnesota, we'd have three to five. And in, in the Twin Cities area, we'd probably be right around 10. Okay. And we'd usually have then, depending on where in the state you are, somewhere between, you know, oh, I suppose one and five days to go. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're just behind. You know, the Twin Cities have had, uh, I think, five days, four or five days at 90 or better. Uh, in southwest Minnesota, it's, it's been closer to eight or nine days. So we're, we're just kind of behind statewide in terms of heat, yet we've been warm. So it's basically been, uh, we've had some good warm nights that have kind of kept the averages up there. Well, we can kind of feel a little taste of fall some mornings when we wake up and first oh, set yeah. foot outside. I've noticed there's been a lot more fog as of late, and I assume part of that may be because there isn't as much daylight as 
There has been. There's less daytime heating. Is that anywhere in the ballpark as that, to why we're a, seeing more that's fall? A, you would have been a great more, meteorologist. More fog. More you, fog. <laughs> yeah, you would have been a great meteorology Except student. Except for the calculus, but no. <laughs> well, you would have been a great introductory meteorology student then. I did take that, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, the, you know what people can notice, and it'll really take off in September, but you'll even notice it here in August. You'll start seeing the fog that forms over the water. That's a real sign that the, that summer is kind of on the way out. Uh, what's happening is you often will have, you know, water changes temperature more slowly than air. You know this, right? right. So, so is the, you know, the, just take a typical summer day, right? The, the low might be 60 degrees and the sun comes out in the morning and it starts heating the air up. And so the temperature might jump up 25 degrees from the sunshine and by by two or three o'clock you've got your high of 85 degrees meanwhile if you're a nearby lake uh, the temperature may be only varied one or two degrees that day it just takes a lot more heat storage to change the temperature of water and so we see that same thing happen seasonally so the air begins to cool down way before the water does and so the water retains some of the leftover heat from summer and will frequently in the morning now be a little bit warmer than the air residing above it. And then what happens is uh, the, the warmer water will, will warm a very thin layer of air right above the water, and then that will evaporate some of the water. And it's, it's pretty neat, and you get this fog uh, that forms. So that's kind of a sign of spring, and you're right, we can detect kind of just the, the feeling. I mean, I think on my way into work this week, once or twice, I'll probably have to wear a ear covering, you know, balaclava right. type thing right. over the ears, just to make sure um, that, you know, because it gets cold if you're biking in. So uh, it's not, we're not looking at any snowstorms or right. anything like right. that, but there's definitely signs of fall coming. Well, I know, Kenny, there have been some falls where it seemed like right after the end of the state fair, it was almost as if someone flipped the weather switch. And we went from, you know, kind of reasonably warm summer days to, you know, cold. I mean, not, not as you said, talking about snow or really cold temperatures, but definitely, you know, we, we could drop into the 60s and it could be windy and feel, you know, very fall-like. And it seems to sometimes not be a gradual transition. It's almost an overnight thing. Is that is that fairly common this time of the year? Yeah, I think it is. And, you know, at least anecdotally, you hear a lot from people who recall that first day of school. And it always felt different than any random day in summer. Now, I shouldn't say always, but typically. And what, what people tend to recall with the first day of school, which for many of us was the, the first day after Labor Day, so the Tuesday right. after Labor Day, so you're into September, they usually are feeling, you know, maybe a damp air mass that's kind of cool. You can sort of, know, there's almost an aroma to it, right? Right. And, uh, and sometimes, yeah, definitely unlikely that you'd have frost in, in most of Minnesota at that time, but uh, maybe a little bit of a nip in the air that you just, you detect. And, you know, the, your days are shortening. The plants that had been growing all summer starting to slow down. Evapotranspiration. They're, yeah, it starts to really dive down. And for those of us who don't know what evapotranspiration is, it's, uh, it's just basically the exchange of water through plants into the atmosphere. So take the take the water out of the soil and out of the plants and exchange it into the atmosphere. And that's a really active process in the middle of summer as these plants are going through their major growth cycles. And it all starts to slow down as the sunlight, available sunlight gets less 
and as you know, the days get shorter and the temperatures start to drop. Well, we should talk a little bit about the storms that rolled through on Saturday, late Saturday night, but really early Sunday morning here in the Twin Cities area. Oh, that was something, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, no kidding, no that kidding. That was something. So, so I'd say if you lived in the southern third of Minnesota, basically Marshall to Redwood Falls through the Twin Cities, not quite, maybe up to St. Cloud, and to maybe just north of the Twin Cities and all the way to the Iowa border, you know what we're talking about. Right. Especially that strip that goes from Marshall and Redwood Falls right through the Twin Cities, including areas uh, kind of north of New Ulm. Yeah, we got soaked. Uh, there was a pretty good complex of severe thunderstorms that roared along I-90 from, you know, not too far from Pipestone, basically towards Fairmont, where the winds were gusting 55, even 60 miles an hour. Uh, there wasn't a tremendous amount of damage, but there was some, you know, damage that you'd expect to tree limbs and a few a few trees down uh, in basically the far southwestern part of Minnesota, really hugging I-90 and sort of terminating at I-35. But for the rest of us, we just got a good soaking rain. It rained. So in the kind of heart of the Twin Cities, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Roseville, Eden Prairie, Plymouth, uh, real common to see two Two and a half inches. There were even some stray reports in Cocoraz, which is one of the citizen observing uh, systems, where uh, over three inches in a few parts of not just the Twin Cities area, but also south of Redwood Falls, kind of near Lamberton, um, Slayton, that area. Sort of the Murray, Redwood County part of yeah. Lyon County yeah. part of Minnesota. Yeah. So uh, real good soaking rain. We uh, probably... If you were asleep, you might have been awakened by the cracks of thunder and the bright lightning around uh, midnight or so. But the storms really got down to business between 3 and 4 a.m. And that's when a lot of the rain fell. And it ended up, uh, much of the Twin Cities ended up being in a flood warning overnight. But, you know, most people were asleep and so weren't, you know, alerted to that. But uh, the rivers came up. Our uh, beloved Minnehaha Creek uh, went, yes. out of, went out of its banks again. <laughs> Did and, see that uh, in a few locations. The, is that about the fifth time this year? It seems that's about right, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, so I know, yeah, in, in our rain gauge, not far from where we're standing on the banks of Minnehaha Creek in South Minneapolis, 2.23 inches. Yeah, okay. And uh, the airport, which is also not that far from us, had about, I think, an inch and three quarters. Yeah, about a buck and three so quarters. So do we, I mean, that's not a huge distance between those two measuring points. Is that fairly common where rain could be very intense in a rather isolated area and less so maybe just a few city blocks away? Yeah, so that, that happens when you get, um, you know, these favored corridors where storms keep forming and reforming. And training? Uh, yeah, there was a little bit of that training going on where this, the individual thunderstorm cells act a little bit like cars on a train, and they just kind of go over the same piece of track over and over and over again. Uh, it wasn't a classical training scenario, but there was just enough of that sort of redevelopment that you would see uh, a few areas that really got it. And then just to the south, it was, you know, I, I wouldn't say dry, but we got about a half inch more just from about a 20-minute period where it was raining south Minneapolis, raining in Eden Prairie, not really raining in northern Dakota County or in Bloomington near the airport. So their, their uh, amounts were suppressed a little bit, and the kind of bullseye seemed to be up uh, near the St. Paul campus of the University of Minnesota, over and towards Roseville, um, some, some of the higher totals there, and then again back into... Uh, 
into the area around Redwood Falls. It was not a classical uh, midsummer heavy thunderstorm at night type of scenario. A lot of the heaviest rain came after the thunder and the lightning really kind of petered out. And it was really just a heavy, steady rain. A little bit tropical in nature. This is the third time, maybe fourth time this summer, that we've been talking about these kind of unusual tropical-like rainfalls where you don't have the, the towering thunderstorms anymore, but you have uh, just kind of a what we call stratiform rain. If you could have seen the clouds, it would have been just a, a sheet of gray. Uh, of course, we couldn't see it because it was night. A little bit, a uh, little unique, and that was associated with one of these mesoscale convective vortices, or MCVs. And these are little spiraling, uh, they're almost like mini low-pressure systems. And the reason this matters is because those low-pressure systems kind of, and these MCVs, they kind of pull all the available ingredients in tor towards themselves. So you can imagine something spinning and pulling things in towards it, and it, and it just brings all of the all of the, I guess, ripe precipitation producing ingredients together at once and you end up with these concentrated areas of rain and again, not too far away, it didn't rain nearly as much. If we went 50 miles south, uh, you're hard-pressed to get an inch of rain and if you went 50 miles north, you'd be hard-pressed to get an inch of rain. But in that kind of sweet spot corridor, there was a good one to three inches, pretty common. Now we saw quite a bit of activity in southwestern Minnesota, as you mentioned, also in southeastern Minnesota. Olmstead County, that area once again, and they've been getting rain almost relentlessly since spring. Has uh, what happened uh, on uh, early Saturday morning, has that worsened the situation in those areas in terms of perhaps uh, issues with uh, farmland or any flooding it's, issues? Yeah, that's hard to know. You know, we also had a lot of precipitation on, what was it, I think Friday, Thursday right. night and Friday. Right. And... Uh, it's hard to know at this point because a lot of the damage has been done. We've also been getting reports from, you know, uh, some of the Farm Bureau reports that suggesting that people who manage to get crops in are doing okay. It's actually for the, those who got in, you know, these uh, hybrids and some of these uh, genetic, uh, some of the plant genetics have really allowed farmers to make it. They could plant late and they just have a um, shorter variety of corn that they plant. So maybe uh, a little more success than we would have had 30 years ago in the same situation. Uh, but generally, we just what we really see a lot of are kind of wet soils, you know, minor flooding, wet basements, the sorts of things that we're seeing here in the Twin Cities. Those are also common down in southern Minnesota. We certainly have not been hearing widespread reports of extreme flooding or damage or anything like that. And, and one of the reasons is we haven't had any of those really big concentrated rainfalls. It's just been... It's just been persistent. Well, I understand this past week a couple of outlooks came out. Oh, yes. One of which has to do with hurricane season. The <laughs> yeah. other, was it the 90-day that came out? Yeah, or, so we're probably yeah. a little late to this party, honestly. But the, the hurricane outlook from NOAA came out, I think it was August 8th. And I, it was an odd forecast. I don't know if you followed those. But they basically, we'd been talking about we had a weak El Nino last winter. And it had looked like the El Nino conditions, this is warming in the equatorial Pacific, it had looked like those were going to persist through summer and into the, into the coming winter. And El Nino tends to be a bit destructive to the tropical weather season. Well, now it looks like that El Nino is off. It's not any more likely than, than in any other year. So it certainly could have an El Nino, but there's no smoking gun signal for it. And so 
accordingly, NOAA said, well, then hurricanes should have no problem getting uh, energized, and they forecast an above-normal hurricane season. What I thought was interesting was that was August 8th, at a time when there was absolutely no activity in the Atlantic Ocean. And we're talking about the Atlantic hurricane season. There's also not much going on in the Pacific Ocean. And here we are over almost two weeks later, and there's still, it's real quiet in the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, and in fact, if we look at some of the models that go out 10, 14 days, uh, there doesn't, there's nothing signaling an obvious formation of a... Uh, of a tropical weather system anywhere in the Atlantic. Now, it takes only a couple days for one of these big thunderstorm complexes to start rotating and become a tropical weather system, and so it's entirely possible that the numerical models aren't seeing it, but it would be pretty hard to have no activity in August and then finish with an above normal hurricane season. So we'll have to watch that. I'm definitely not an expert. I'm, I would just say I'm a kind of knowledgeable enthusiast, so I'm not qualified to say much more than I have, but I, I be watching this one with interest. We certainly don't want an active season for coastal areas because that usually means damage. Right, right. Yeah. In terms of the uh, other two outlooks, so NOAA issued its outlook for September, and it's one of these where we're neither expected to be warm nor cold. It's that equal chances or there's just nothing showing up on the map. But one of the things that's interesting is they are going with wet. So the long-term forecasters are continuing to see this wet pattern holding, not just through September, but that same pattern appears to hold through the fall. Now, we've talked a lot, Jim, about my opinion on seasonal weather forecasts. And right. I don't think you should... I. I I don't think you should take them too seriously. You sh certainly should not set your watch to them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's some wisdom in there. And uh, if they're seeing a signal in the long-term models that they use, and also by analyzing some of the past kind of similar situations, uh, a continued wet regime over the upper Midwest would mean generally above normal precipitation, um, not just finishing August a bit wet, but also, you know, right in through November. For reasons that I can't explain to you, because I just mentioned that El Nino is kind of off the table for uh, for the winter, uh, but the fall is expected to be warm, according to the Climate Prediction Center. So the September, October, November average temperatures have about a 40 to 45 percent chance of being above the historical averages. That means um, a much smaller chance of being below the historical averages. So you kind of have, uh, they separate it into thirds, above normal, near normal, and below normal. And you start with kind of one third probability for each one, 33.3%. And so they're adding a lot of confidence into the uh, warmer than normal. So a warm and wet fall is kind of the forecast from the Climate Prediction Center, we'll have to see. In terms of our weather, should we recap? Let's do it for the coming week. Well, it's going to be nice, most for the most part. I think we had. Oh, we're talking glory index, nice. Yeah, or? I think okay. we're going to put some numbers on the board. All right. You know, August has actually not been terrible because we've lacked that extreme heat and uh, we've had some really nice days. So June was great. Uh, July was tough. We had yeah. a lot of rain and we had a lot of hot days. Uh, there was a couple of real steam baths, but uh, August has been all right. It's not uh, setting records or anything. 
We do have some uh, very nice days coming this week. And then in once we get to the weekend and start turning towards that final week in August and moving towards Labor Day weekend, it does look like things will warm up a bit, especially in southwest Minnesota. But there's no sign of a major heat wave or anything like that for the duration of the fair. And if there is going to be anything like that, it would, it would have to be towards the end of the fair, the, maybe that final weekend. And I should let listeners know I will not be here until that final weekend of the fair. I will return to Minnesota on August 30th. So maybe we can get something in uh, around Labor Day weekend. That sounds great. And uh, But other than that, I will be I will be out east. I'll keep an eye on things here. Yeah. But uh, but uh, it looks like nice weather here for the most part. Excellent. Well, safe travels, Kenny. Good to see you as always. This is Way Over Our Heads. It's Weather and Climate Podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. And Kenny, we'll uh, catch you in a couple of weeks. Great. Thanks, Jim. Have a good time.